Hello again, my people. Welcome back to the show, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show. Sitting alongside with me this week is Mr. Travis Rollins. You are the one, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that. Travis, I got a question for you. What's up? If I was to extend the one hand out to you and I was showing you a blue pill you could take and it would make you just go away and go back to what your life was like before you went to worry about anything else. Or if I extended out the other hand with the red pill and told you that if you took the red pill, we're going to go diving deep into a rabbit hole just to see how far to go. What right, you right. do? Well, for some reason, my caption at the bottom of my name did not change for this show. It's supposed to say I took both pills. <laughs> <laughs> We still, we still got oh, and, and, hey, yeah, maybe you still took both pills. It says I am pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have, in pain. yeah, I have. It might work for both. Oh, needless yeah, to say, I'm we're. Uh, I'm gonna take them both and see what it does. Well, I, I don't think it works that way. See, do they cancel I, each other out? I might, if it, I don't think it cancels each other out because the blue mm. one might overpower the other one and just take you back to where it was, and that's it. They like never really DM- tell you exactly what the blue DMT one really does. That's a hard choice. I've done DMT before. That's a hard choice. <laughs> <laughs> I might get to missing my kids, man. Well, we 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 are talking about the Matrix this week. Nineteen ninety nine. Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, what? Carrie Ann Moss, I believe, plays Trinity. Oh yeah, yeah. Karen Great Moss, movie. Hugo That's Weaving, Joe Pantoliano. Uh, yeah, big old, not a huge, huge and well-known cast, but yeah, lots of good people in it. Would you not say that this is probably one of the best movies of our generation? I would say without a doubt it is. I would say it's probably uh, as well one of the most influential um, sci-fi or or movie stories whatever to uh pop culture as a whole too i mean and we've we've mm-hmm. fed into people having uh i mean it's still going on today having you know we're living in a simulation and what's the chances of us actually living in the matrix and you know what i mean or a version of it uh, maybe not necessarily as to how the movie is presented but i mean yeah the matrix is culturally and historically significant along with being groundbreaking on special effects you know they did the bullet time with the cameras and uh like they did quite a few things that were just state-of-the-art and were invented like the bullet time camera invented for this movie like they right. did for this so yeah i think this is one of the most significant movies probably that we've covered or will i think it's one of the most significant movies in film Period. I mean, we could sit here like we'd like to do our top tens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think that we could say just our top ten favorite movies of all time if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And knowing the both of us, The Matrix is in our top three, probably. Yeah, it'd come close. It, it, it'd have to come close. I if, mean, if for I'm me, going off of, if I'm going off of, you know. If, if I were to put it in a criteria, if just my favorite, maybe not, but like best uh, a best of list or something absolutely 100 percent because of the criteria that i would judge it on if i put it out there for you this is the only movie that i would even come close to seeing as many times at the movies as i saw blade i went and saw this movie about three or four times in the movie theater i I did too actually second one i think i went and watched about three or four times as well Yeah, those millions and millions and millions of dollars they got a lot was mine as well (laughs) if i was to give you the criteria for a list and say you could take a movie franchise and count that as just one and not have to say, you know, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Right, right. The oh, two well, towers, yeah, it, the it's gonna be Lord so of let's the say Rings, you could just say Star Lord of the Rings is a franchise, period. L-O-T-R, okay? Star Wars, and The Matrix. See, that's what I'm saying. So it'll be my top three for sure. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I mean, it, it's kind of hard not to have it in the top three when you look at it in a sense like that. Yeah. Um. Would you also say, you may not say this, but I, I mean, I do. Uh, they did not have to make a trilogy of these movies for it to be the best movie ever. They could have left the original Matrix alone 
by itself and never ever had uh matrix revolutions or reloaded uh none of that and they could have left it with him doing his speech at the end and then flying off past the camera and been done with it and 100%. that would have been one of the best movies ever 100 percent, honest to god i think the only thing that the second and third and even fourth uh movies did was just give us some more lore um mm-hmm. by the by the time we got to the third one i liked it, it well i loved it honestly i mean it's the matrix but at the, at the same time by the time we got to that point i was kind of looking at it like terminator now like okay we're not telling a story no more we're cashing in down the mm-hmm. second one was super awesome and i loved it but you're 100 percent correct on that we if we only had the one original matrix movie it would still be every bit as good as it is right now because when you think of the matrix when i think of the matrix i don't think of the sequels any of them i think of the first one i think of how awesome the second ones were but as far as the story goes no yeah the second the first one stands alone and and that's that's saying something i think with a with a lot of um franchises yeah and and when it comes to the second and third they've got i think probably more action better action mm-hmm but the story is not there. The story in the first one, the buildup when it first starts out of them finding Neo or talking to Neo, luring him to the club originally where Trinity approaches him, right? Um, telling him when he's at work, trying to get him to come out that window on the ledge to escape from the people coming to get him and he can't do it. He has to go back to him again. Uh, all these things. I mean, the buildup from beginning to end where he realizes finally that he is the one Mm-hmm. Was it was just great? It was it was just told really well. I thought absolutely that, and the fact too that you know once you make him Superman or God, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to follow up on that. Like that, but I mean the whole the thing. Third movies, it's like how do we make him vulnerable? Yeah, you know but, I mean? but the whole thing was supposed to be the way it was described to him by Morpheus was that mm-hmm. you're living in a the world is a program, mm-hmm. and like any other program in a computer the rules can be bent. You just have to know how to bend the rules. Right. So, I mean, think of a game that you would play on the computer. I mean, you can do things in video games that you obviously couldn't do in real life. hundred percent. Because the programming allows you to do such a thing. At the same time, where he's talking about bending the rules of, like, for example, jumping from that one building all the way over to the other and landing. Right. You know, he says, you just got to be able to manipulate it the way you want to do things. Or uh, Trinity running around the corner of that room on the wall and then coming back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different things that stopping in midair and then kicking and knocking the person across the room. Yeah. Uh, as long as you can you know, bend the rules and you know how to do this, it's like calling yourself the master programmer. If you're the master programmer in a world that's based off of programs, you're... You're, you're, there are things you can do is in, it's endless right so i mean it's like with him knowing all this and being the one you're right what do you do to make him you know uh to where they can handle him at any point in time I and mean, they bring practically like what a thousand agent smiths after him <laughs> something like that it ends up being and then the fourth installment that they did recently i didn't I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it or I didn't like it, but it was not, it just didn't feel, Mm. it didn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't anything close. No. And honestly, the the third one, I liked the third one, but I think the first one and the second one are are definitely the two best. And it's like you're talking about, you know, you just run out of something to do. Right. Uh, The first one is such a complete story. It's, It's so awesome. And the casting I thought was really great too. The way that they go from looking so cool to, looking so normal and plain the way that the, the transitions between the, the real world and the matrix, you know, and they're, they're all sitting in like burlap potato sacks inside of the Nebuchadnezzar. One thing that I didn't like about this though, is when I watch this now, it's almost, and see, I'm starting to see a trend with this. When we watched this back then, this looked real. Like it looked so good. Yeah. And to go back and watch it now, the special effects just don't hold up. I'm like, it almost makes me feel like they're purposefully retrograding movies for some reason. 
Like if I'll get this in full 4K and, and stuff like that and watch it, it's like, okay, wow, it still looks great. But then like if you pull it up on like, I don't know, a commercial on Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime or something, it's like, man, the, that really just looks almost like they degraded the, the special effects on it. Okay, it's, it's funny you say that. I was watching something earlier. There's nothing to do with The Matrix. I watched The Matrix yesterday uh, mm-hmm. just to refresh myself on it. And plus, it's just a great movie. Right. But I've been watching, I told you, the Highlander TV series. Yes. Uh, rewatching it. I have it on Vudu, all the seasons. I'm watching a couple episodes earlier today. And it's almost like I'm looking at a grainy looking feed on the screen. Like it's coming off of a VHS tape. Right, right. How do they mimic that? Like this, that's what I'm saying. They're doing, it's almost like they got to be doing that on purpose. I don't know, but I, I wondered why it was doing that to begin with. I was like, that is so odd. It's like, why? It's like I'm watching it, you know, back when I, when I had some on VHS to begin with. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. And see the commercial that I saw for the matrix that was on Amazon prime was the same way. Like you said, that graininess to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this movie does not, I've got it pulled up right here in front of me right now. And on the IMDb website, it's playing in a smaller window, like little mm-hmm. clips. They just did the bullet time. It looks yeah. nothing like that. It looks amazing. But, and then I also know that if I get it in 4k on my TV, it looks great. I've watched it before, but then the commercial that you watch for it, it's like, how in the world like, are they just trying to make some of these older movies look like this? So it matches the time or something. I don't know. It's possible. Who it knows? Weird. There's gotta be a reason for it though. Heck yeah. Yeah. This what tripped me out too is uh, <clears throat> I would imagine that as long as it took to make this and with all of the uh, computer effects and having the cutting edge technology with like, you know, the bullet time where they set up all of the cameras in a row and basically, you know, they, they basically took a photo in a 360 degree view but they angled it all into kind of the same. They they didn't just have them lined up. Like they had them all pinpointed to the same angle. So like, say if you were to put a, hang a tennis ball from a string in the middle of the room and then take a hundred cameras and put them around it, but you're going to the theoretical, every one of them is pointing to the theoretical center of that sphere of, of the tennis ball, mm-hmm. you know? So with all this stuff going on, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how the budget of $63 million. I would think even in 1999, that seems for as tech laden as this T as this movie was, that almost seems like, like, you know, like they pinched pennies to make it (laughs) or, or like, you know, they had to be real careful or something to get all that in. That that seems like a low budget for such a cutting edge, you know, cause you, you had like Jurassic park was, what was the budget on it? It was over a hundred million, wasn't it? Oh Yeah. In the Star Wars so. remakes, and you know, and then here, here, Dog on the Matrix comes out at, at nearly half of the budget of what the other movies at the time were were coming in. I think Terminator Two even had a bigger budget than that. Well, either way it went, they made it work. They sure did. Yeah, they, they sure did. did. So, sure. I mean, great cast, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Keanu Reeves. Do you think? He'd already done a couple of movies that had made him stand out before this one, I believe. Yeah, uh, so obviously, obviously, Bill and Ted. Yeah, and then you had what we had what us fans called the uh, the Matrix prequel, which was Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic. Mnemonic. Yep. yep. <laughs> so you got Speed, like the Johnny Mnemonic, Speed, Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. um, Point, Point Break. Break. Yeah, he'd done some things that been out there for to get his name known, and Point Break really. You know, I mean, let's let's get real. Bill and Ted got his name out there, for sure. Absolutely, Bill and okay? Ted. Yeah. Point Break was 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 well. He he got hot with Point Break and Speed. Yeah, for sure. Those now, were, do you feel like do you feel like Hollywood kind of laid off of him a little bit for major roles and stuff, or major big movies for a little bit until Matrix come out and that hit? Not really, because. Okay, so I remember the first word place I remember him from after Bill and Ted, and that's only because I'm such a big Paula Abdul fan, was he was in the Rush Rush video. Yeah. And then right after that, he was Jonathan Harker in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So, and he did real good in that, even though it was, for what it was, it was a small, smaller part in the movie. But then 
the next thing I remember him doing was speed and then Johnny mnemonic and then chain reaction. I think chain reaction was about the, uh, Oh, chain train. reaction, dude. I forgot about that movie. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, dude. He actually. did chain reaction. Then he did devil's advocate. So, I mean, and these are all like on the hills of one another. And he also did that walk in the clouds movie that I've seen, but I don't remember much about. Yeah. I, was, but, I haven't um, really seen that one. So I know what you're talking that. about though. Yeah, to see all of that happen before the Matrix side. So but all right, but, but like question just, though, but question: Johnny Mnemonic was that really and truly a big movie to you? To to fan to nerds and fanboys, it was. But at the same time, uh, as far as you know, like box office and stuff is concerned, I would have to say no. I would have to say it was far behind. Uh, you know, Dracula and Speed, even probably even Walking the Clouds, Chain Reaction. Right, and even with Dracula, I mean, when I think of Bram Stoker's Dracula, I don't think of Keanu Reeves. I do immediately, but I don't think of him as I think of him because he's in it. You know, I don't think of him as a, as a, the main character. I, when I think of it, truly, truly, I think of Gary Oldman and um, uh, uh, man alive, the old man, one of the greatest actors of all time, uh, Hannibal. Freaking, come on now. Anthony he Hopkins. Was, Anthony Hopkins. Thank you. I can't know. Ugh, I don't know why that escaped me, but he was uh, he was the uh, vampire hunter in it. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Gary Oldman, obviously, mm-hmm. and th- that that's what I think of when I think of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Is that so? I mean, yeah. I and of course I, I I never watched Johnny Demonic. I don't think I know what it is. Yeah. But I don't think I ever really watched it. It just it was nothing that really no, grabbed I would totally my attention. Say that the Matrix is what put him on. I mean, what truly put him on the map? I did forget Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction, while it was a great movie for me, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was a Hollywood hit that people just bragged about. Oh, I think yeah, it's one no. of those. I think it was one of those average good action flicks. Yeah, kind of like some of the ones that Ben Stiller's done. Yeah, you know, it's kind of average for people, but if you're a fan of them, you like it. See, I'm doing it again. I don't know why I said Ben Stiller. I meant Ben Affleck. Oh, I thought you were saying Ben Stiller because some of his comedies were mediocre. Oh, no. I was meaning Ben Affleck because he did the one with uh, with, uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. that was so good that not a lot of people saw. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about on that one either. I'll probably know it if you say it. I'll probably know it. So good. Um, I know you know I think it's Affleck, called Chill Factor or Chill or something. I don't know. He he was in quite a few movies that I didn't care for or watched really. Ben Affleck. <laughs> he, he's not really one of my all time favorites oh, by right. any means. I, I remember seeing him in Daredevil. I like Daredevil because I like the comic book kind of movies. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember him being in. Uh, of course. Now you said so what you're doing is rubbing off on me. Now, man, now I can't uh-huh. get stuff out See, there. There we go. That's all right. Ben Affleck ain't even in this movie. <laughs> we don't gotta waste time on him so back to what you were trying to say you, you know what both of us just did don't you i know but i think i can pull it i think i can i think i can bring it back though because i think what you were trying to ask me may have been something along the lines of do i think that he his career would have been what it was or has been without neo is that what you were working up to well it was more or less, do you think Neo really made him the most popular of any of the movie that he did? Yes. Because he was popular with Speed and Point Break and Bill and Ted, yes. But for me, in my opinion, even though he did those movies you mentioned, okay, uh, I feel like his popularity or type of, of movies he got into, in my opinion, kind of took a dip. And then yes. all of a sudden you get the Matrix come around. And then they went and did... Uh, reloaded and then revolutions and yeah and then often there uh there was a really cool movie um during that time too i love called the gift uh that was a really cool one and then uh but he was he was a big he was a big part in that movie but you know it seems like that even the stuff that he did do even after the matrix it's like only constantine and uh john wick did anyone even care about 47 Ronin was awesome. Super mm-hmm. awesome. I recommend go watching it, but, uh, it seems like John wick and, and, um, which we would love. Everyone wants another Constantine movie. I wish they'd do another one of those, but yeah, it's like, he's done a bunch of stuff outside of that. 
but nobody even cares. Like <laughs> it's like he is Neo, he is John Wick, he is uh Constant John Constantine. And so, he is Ted Theodore Logan. He is Ted Theodore Logan for sure. Well, moving on from Keanu, we can talk all night about Keanu Reeves. That's 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 a given. Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Oh man. Um Dude. The Lawrence first awesome. movie I remember him being in that I personally remember him being in was Dream Warriors, Elm Street Three. Yeah, he played the played one of the orderlies. But right. the first movie I remember seeing him in where he was kind of like the main guy was Deep Cover. The, as the main guy for me, I would say, yeah, I was saying me. maybe, yeah, I was saying and, maybe. And Deep Cover was a pretty good movie. That was a pretty good one there. So, I remember him. I remember him also in like uh, King of New York. Yeah, it was really good. He was kind of crazy in it. And uh, Cowboy Curtis. That's the first place I remember him. Remember him from Pee Wee's Playhouse. He was Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Pee Wee's Playhouse, speaking of Pee Wee, as, as, as of the time was... as of the time of this recording, and Travis, I don't know if you know yeah. this yet or not. But as of the time of this recording, Paul Rubens has passed away. What? Been all over the internet today. Uh, everybody putting out things about remembering Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Uh, apparently, he had a, a little oh, bit man, of a you're long... You're jerking my leg. No, 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 no. I'm for real on it. I, I don't joke about stuff like that. Uh, he had a, a long battle with cancer he didn't tell nobody about. So, man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, a lot of people got things out there about him today, pictures they've taken with him, you know, like other stars and I'm such. I'm sorry I took the money. I'm <laughs> sorry I took the money. People <laughs> throwing, right, I'm not sorry. <laughs> people throwing quotes out there, Pee Wee Herman quotes. I'm a rebel, Dottie. I know, <laughs> right? That's why I said I meant to do I that. Said, oh, man, you got to be jerking my leg. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? I don't make monkeys. I train them. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lawrence was in uh Lawrence was in Boys in the Hood too. I remember him being one of the. Well, he was like the one trying to get him to do right. But I think yeah, as a leading as a leading dude, probably I'm gonna have to go with you on that because I remember him, uh, Deep Cover, Higher Learning. Uh, what was that one he was in? He was the sheriff with uh. Uh, Sean Connery was another thing. He was in a, he was a Tuskegee Airman. Oh, you Tuskegee Airman. I forgot about that. Uh, he was one of the captains. Was he the captain that took over or before? No. Wait a minute. Sam Neill, the event horizon where Sam Neill dug his own eyeballs out of his head. Yeah. 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 I, I haven't seen event horizon in so long. I forgot about it. Yeah. Event Horizon's good. That's a really good one. Dude. Yeah, old um, Lawrence. Lawrence is a good one, man. I, I watched about anything but any minute. And also, he was the voice of the Silver Surfer, which I thought was I was that was the one part of the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four movie that I was okay with. That and the body actor that did uh, Abe and everybody. Um, the could you picture? Man. Could you picture anybody else doing Morpheus though? No, not after that. The voice and the look and the little tiny glasses. Nah, I can't. Yeah. I can't even. I'm sure other people probably could have, but I just can't see it. And you know, I got to bring this up real quick as well. Um, and then we'll go on to Carrion Moss. But uh, speaking of glasses, there's one thing you can say about certain people in the industry. Uh, they really push a product or sell a product, whether they mean to do it or not. In Top Gun, when Tom Cruise wore his aviators, right, that became one of the hottest selling glasses for a while, did it not? Sunglasses. Oh, God, yes, yes. When the Matrix comes out, and I don't know what they call the ones he's wearing, Mm-hmm. But people were buying those sunglasses right and left. Yeah, the circular and octagonal little professor glasses. Well, the ones that were. the ones that Morpheus. I'm, I'm talking about the ones Morpheus wore and the ones Neo wore. Yeah, both of them. Well, the I ones mean, Morpheus just, wore didn't even have a didn't have, even have uh, arms on them. They were like right. screens that just closed right. up on your nose. Yeah, it's just stuck there. Uh, also, the phone that they sent to Neo in the mm-hmm. in, in the envelope when they were contacting him when Morpheus called him. Right. He takes it, sits it out, hits the button, it slides down, and people are like, oh, that's cool. 
I gotta have that phone. Oh right, yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, I was actually working, selling cell phones about the time when just after that came out, and people were tearing those phones up right and left because they wanted to be cool, right? So they take and they flip that thing out so it looked like it's cool coming down. Right, right. I'm Neo, you know, whatever, you know. Heck yeah. But they they sold. I mean, it's it's crazy what you know certain stars or certain movies will do for marketing. Oh, in no the doubt. terms of selling some things, it's no it's doubt. something else. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, a uh, mm-hmm. lot of TV series before she really hit it big in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd been in episodes of Street Justice, uh, Dark Justice, Silk Stalkings, L.A. Law, Baywatch. Funny enough, she was in thirteen episodes of a TV show called Matrix. Yeah, ain't that a trip? Funny enough, yeah. Funny enough. Funny Weird enough. How the world works. She was also um, one episode of Forever Night. Anytime I get a chance to mention Forever Night, I have to. That was like one of my mom's favorite shows. Was but it? At the same time, yeah. But looking back on it, dude, Forever yeah. Night was dope, man. I don't know if you, if I don't know if you know about Nick. Yes. Forever he was a Night detective. Was- Yes, and, and a, a vampire. And a vampire, yes. It was, that was a cool, cool show. For I want to say about the time they had that show out, they had one out also about a werewolf or something. Didn't mm-hmm. they? That was when, I know, I think that was around the time that uh, Ron Perlman was doing Beauty and the Beast, maybe. It could be. I can't remember. I, I know I was talking with it, uh, talking about it with a friend not too long ago. Um, yeah, Reverend Knight was awesome. Yeah, I don't but then we, a whole, whole lot that uh, seeing Carrie Ann before The Matrix, though. Right, and the, the the Matrix was, in my opinion, what really set her out there, mm-hmm. um, which is once again why it's such an iconic movie. It set so many people out there for the world to get to know and see, or it revitalized some people who might not have been. Uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, for example, yes, he's been in some movies, but if you ask somebody, do you know who Lawrence Fishburne is? They're going to be like, "Yeah, man, that's Morpheus." They're right, not gonna right. say they're not gonna say, yeah, he's from Boys in the Hood. They're not gonna say he's from that movie Deep Cover. They're not gonna say he's the orderly in Elm Street Three. You know, yeah. it's it's he's Morpheus. He's the guy with the glasses. Right. You know. Yeah, and then everything she did after that, you know what I mean? Like I don't see there's nothing that she did before the Matrix that I remember her from, but I remember from nearly everything she did afterwards, like Memento, Red Planet, uh Chocolat or Chocolate, Suspect Zero. That's the one I make fun of all the time, isn't it? Yeah, chocolate, 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 chocolate. chocolate. It's a really good movie. It really is. <laughs> Red Planet was good. I, I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I liked Red Planet, no doubt. That was a old Val Kim, old Val. Suspect Zero is good too. I believe that's the one that's got old uh, Ben Kingsley in it, Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she did she did quite a bit of good stuff and everything. So that was, that was cool. Um, yeah, no doubt. But once again, you I know, the thing that really the biggest one for me after the Matrix was uh, I don't know if you've seen it. it. It's a it's a recount of the actual. Um, it's, it's one of the more uh, historically valid uh, movies about a, a historical event. It's Pompeii, and it's about the the volcano erupting. Yeah, and uh, she played Aurelia in it. And that's a really that's a really cool movie. And it, like I said, it's historically accurate for the most part, so it doesn't have a very happy ending. <laughs> no, no, it does not. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It's like, uh, what, what was my man Kevin Hart said? Pshur, pshur, everybody gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we're moving forward. One more person, then we'll go to our mid roll here. But uh, Hugo Weaving, man. Lord oh, Elrond himself. Lord Elrond. I tell you what. Agent talk about Smith. talk about somebody who's got some iconic characters in movies, right? All right. Lord Elrond from Lord of the Rings and such, and Hobbit. Right. Agent Smith and this, obviously. He was V. V. Yep. What the V for Vendetta? What? Yeah. So I mean, he is somebody who's had some pretty well-known characters out there that people have loved. Yeah, Hugo Weaving is, yeah, he's the dude for sure. He's one of he's one of my guys, man. I, he, he's to the point now that we're just about you put him in something and I'll watch it. 
just because you recognize him for what he was in and you yeah. know what he was like. I don't know if a lot of people know this either, but uh, he was the voice of Megatron in 2007's movie. And 2009, Revenge of the Fallen. I mean, like, yep. he's been... He's he's Megatron in the quote-unquote live-action movies. I think there's a lot of people who don't realize stuff like that because they're so used to, like, Frank Welker, who does the voice of Megatron. Right. And they just assume he's the one doing it, even in the live-action, because Peter, um, Peter Cullen mm-hmm. did Optimus Prime still. Right, In the yeah. movie, just like he did in the cartoons. Yeah. Um, and actually Frank Welker did do some Megatron in the movies, I believe. Right. Uh, a little bit. I don't know if he did them in, in, in everything, but like you said, uh, Hugo Weaving had a part in that as well. Um, but I, I listened to a podcast recently, uh, galaxy con podcast where they had, did I say podcast? I sound what? like I said that. that <laughs> galaxy, galaxy con podcast. They had Peter w- and John Fogarty. That's what it is. Put him on a put him on a podcast. Here you go. <laughs> Hugo. Say that. Oh my perfect. God. Hugo. Why, why do I keep bringing him back every week, everybody? Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> I put myself. I put myself to this unnecessary stuff every single week. Telling you, boy. Oh my God. Uh, what was I saying, Frank? Frank Welker and Peter Cullen, they were, he was talking to both of them on that on that on that podcast episode, and they were talking about going back and forth as Prime and and, and Megatron and playing off each other and everything and how well that went. And they did a little reenactment for us on the on the episode, which was kind of cool. But um, he was also talking about some of the live action stuff being a little bit different than what the right. cartoon obviously was. So, uh, but anyway, back to uh, Hugo. A real cool kids movie. Before we cut to Timmy. A real cool kids movie uh called legend of the guardians the yeah. owls of gold that's a real cool kids movie for any parents who may be listening now is that a live it's action kids was, movie or a cartoon it's cgi it's a computer generated movie um so i guess you could call it a cartoon but it's it's enjoyable enough for an adult to sit down and actually enjoy watching it with their kid it's not like a little silly movie it's really it's really cool all right, and one more time, what's it called? Legends of the Guardians? Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. 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 Yeah, because you have, you have another one, um, something about the Guardians. I forgot what it's called. And that's uh, that's all the, like, um, like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and, and all this stuff, and Jack Frost and all that. And I think that's something called Legend of the Guardians or something as well, or the Guardians or something. And then you have a Russian... Uh, action movie called the guardians so and then of course you got guardians that again so they get lost in the mix but if you ever see a movie with owls on the front of it and it says legends of the guardians or legend of the guardians great little movie to watch with your kids uh he also got his hand in the uh, marvel mix as well being in captain america the first avenger oh geez as the red skull that's right and they did a good job in in game and stuff picking someone else because the you know what i mean as the red skull the makeup do you know who it was looked like him do you know who played him in endgame i don't remember his name uh he was uh actually one of the guys that played in the walking dead played a okay. character that was kind of um not a uh, if, if you're ranking characters as a b c and d he was kind of like a b character i think gotcha in the walking dead for like a, a season or two okay um uh, then eventually he was yeah. taken by the real- really weird movie too that i've been trying to watch and i haven't gotten a chance yet and it's the concept i haven't watched it yet so i can't tell you if it's good or not but with the people that has in it i'm gonna go ahead and say probably it's a safe bet to say it's a really cool movie the concept is just sick so the movie is called cloud atlas and it goes through it's it's an exploration of how actions of other people impact one another in the past, present, and future. And then, like, one person goes from a killer to a hero. And how kind of, it's like how these things, it goes through, it's like different stories that make one. So they go all through time and tell, like, all these little different short stories in one big movie. Kind of like the seven people you meet in heaven. But it's got Tom Hanks, Holly Berry, Hugo, uh, Hugh Grant, Hugo Weaving, Jim Broadbent, Jim Sturgis, 
Keith David. Uh, I mean, it's it's just you can go on and on. It's got it's got lots of people in it, but it looks like such a cool movie. I'll check that oh, one out right too, outside of our timeline of movies to cover here on the show, but it <laughs> sounds kind of cool though, don't it? But check it out. Check it out. All right, we're going to roll into our mid row real quick here and get us out there and out of the way, and we'll come back and we'll pick up where we left off at. And I believe the next person we'll be going with is uh, looks like we're hitting the crew. So Joe Pantaleano. We'll just briefly talk him. We've talked about him on some other things in the past recently. So yeah. Anyway, here we go with uh, Timmy for eighties flashback. Friend of the show. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. You know, Travis, I'm going to start telling you here more often, make like a tree, get out of here. Yeah, that's, you know, what's real funny about that, too, is I've been saying, telling people at work and stuff, I was like, hey, man, I'm about to Biff Tanner up in here. They're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to make like a tree and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Have you heard me correct you yet and say it's make like a tree and leave, butthead? Yeah, somebody did the other day. It was it was funny. Like, so you haven't seen the movie, huh? <laughs> that is hilarious. Check out these names here, man. I mean, we got Neo, we got Morpheus, we got Trinity, we got Cipher, we got Apoc, we got Switch, we got Tank, we got Dozer and Mouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like these are your cool hacker handles, I guess. Well, what, what would yours be, Travis, if you had one? Oh man, hmm. I don't know. I'd have to go. I'd probably have to go with some of that stuff like they do, like Morpheus, Neo, and Trinity. I, w- I wouldn't want something cool that was like uh, referencing like spiritual texts or something. See, I got something referencing me right there under my name. That's what I'm in. Mine's retro. Retro. I'm retro. I like it. I like that's right. When we talk computer hacking stuff, we're talking Windows 95 or 3.1. I'm, we I'm, we're talking Commodore 64, okay? I'm retro. <laughs> Don't make me get out my tape recorder and throw my Zaxxon tape in there and show you my gaming skills. Right. All right? That's what I'm talking about. Along, with the, tan- yeah, along, along with the Tandy 1000. Commodore 64. <laughs> Man. Joe Pantelliano. You know actually, actually, I think I know what mine would be. What? It'd just be it'd be John. Just John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, listen, listen. John no, is like no. everybody's name. Remember how we discussed all the action heroes' names? Yes. John. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be John. I'm just here thinking the whole crew's getting introduced. Morpheus is like, I'm Morpheus. We got Neo. We got Trinity. We got Cipher. Cipher. Tank. Apoc. Switch. Mouse. Retro. Dozer. Retro. That's John over John. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, kind of like okay. Hingle McCringleberry. <laughs> <laughs> From north, south, east, western Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got Joe Pantoliano. Um, we won't talk long because we were here recently. We've had his name up there quite a few times, but you know, he was part of the Fratellis and the Goonies. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, uh, the U.S. Marshals and the Fugitive as one of the 
the federal agents or the federal marshals that would be on with Tommy Lee Jones's team that would chase people. He was a reporter in the Daredevil. Uh, gosh, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. Cypher in the Matrix. I mean, yeah, he was Norby in Baby Stay Out. It's it's been quite a quite a few big movies and such. I mean, he he definitely gets his share of work. Um, Captain mean, and Bad Boys too with uh, Will Smith and um, yes, Martin Lawrence. He was. He was not, well, was it, was he your favorite for Telly Brother? No, it had oh, to be I sloth. No, <laughs> sloth. <laughs> <laughs> not the opera singer, great Mister Frank Dobby. I mean, right. uh, Robert Dobby, not Frank Dobby. Robert Dobby. Yeah, yeah. But we're gonna go with sloth. Sloth. Absolutely. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Uh, moving on. Uh, Tank, played by Marcus Chong. That last name might ring a bell to you, Travis. It might just. Is he related to Ray Don Chong? Yes, he is. Which would also make him related to... Tommy Chong? Yes. Mm. I believe he is... I don't remember if he's if he steps if he's actual son or stepson. Maybe he's actual son to Tommy Chong, but stepbrother or ha- half brother to Radon Chong, something like that. Yeah, I forget exactly how that went, but I I, I, I caught the name the other day and I looked it up to see. I was just curious if he was related uh, to him, and sure enough, he is. Heck yeah! Now uh, he's been in a few things. I mean, I wouldn't say anything super major. Uh, he did some TV shows. I know he was in Little House in the Prairie for a little bit. As right. far as an older show goes, uh, movies. Um, now, I'm not sure if this is a movie or the TV show. The Crow, The Wicked Prayer. That's going to have to be the TV show, probably. Or that might be, that might be one of the later movies. Yeah, it was in 2005. They still made, yeah, I think that was probably a movie because they made a bunch of movies afterwards. Yeah, he was in Street Justice for some episodes, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and SVU. Yeah, that um, was a movie because it had Tara Reed and Danny Trejo and uh, David Boranaz, which other Boreanaz. Boreanaz, thank you, which we may uh, also know as. What did you? Uh, what did you just? Okay, what did you just call him? It just said it just said into me what you said. I don't know. I don't even know how I pronounced it. Boreanaz, Boreanos, probably. Something. No, no, okay. Maybe I just heard you wrong. Never mind. Tito Ortiz. Uh, Tito Ortiz, the the or what do they call him? The something beach bad boy or something like that. Yeah. UFC fighter. Yeah, the, we call him the cry baby. Um, this guy was in Roots, the Next Generation, Little House on the Prairie, playing the role of Samson, Lady in the Tramp. Um, some video. I don't think it was. Maybe it was the actual movie. I'm not sure. Uh. Dallas for an episode, Cheech and Chong's next movie in 1980. Mm-hmm. Facts it of was life. in some movie where they had a Black Panthers party. Now, was he in that movie? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. No. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm just looking at a... There's a photo of him uh, standing in front of a glass uh, uh, window with a big old sign on it. it says Black Panther Party for something. And this guy, well, uh, he was in a movie he, he, playing Bobby Seal. He was in a movie called Panther. Yeah, that's probably it. So he played uh, Huey Newton and Curtis Vance played Bobby Seal, the founding members of the Black Panther Party. Yeah. All right. So next up here, we're going to go to uh, APOC. Now, I've, I don't know him from anything, I don't think. Unless mm-hmm. he's just you know, small parts in TV or something like that. I don't recognize them from any of the movie I've ever seen. APOC and Switch both. They're supposed to be like, I guess, a couple in the movie. I I don't remember either one of them from anything. The only thing I could tell you about the one that played Switch when I seen the movie, I said, look, they got the girl from Roxette. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all, that's well, all that's I could think of. I, um, I think Joe Pantoliano looks like he might be Bill Burr's older cousin. And Could Julian Arahanga, who played APOC, he looks like he may be Jake Gyllenhaal's big cousin. <laughs> oh, we said Marcus Chong. Matt Doran uh, played Mouse. 
And mm. I just, I, to me, the rest of the crew that he had did not really ring a bell from anything for me. Anthony Ray Parker played no. Dozer. Don't know him from anything else. It's like this is just a get to know him kind of role. Now, Gloria Foster played the Oracle. She may have been in some older things. Yeah. Um, now, the uh, did you notice the agents, however? Yes. Um, you got Agent Jones, Agent Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it wasn't this one. Maybe it was in a different Matrix movie. Daniel Bernhard played an agent in one of them, though. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I rec- I did recognize um David Aston. David Aston played in uh Underworld. Now who is he in this? He is agent uh Oh Reinhardt. Reinhardt. Or no, he that's not even an agent. That's he's just yeah. Reinhardt. Yeah, that's just Reinhardt. He wasn't an agent. Reinhardt was the wasn't he the the boss for Neo? Yeah, he's the one that's like, "Do you have a problem with authority, Mister Anderson?" Yeah, <laughs> believe somehow the rules do not apply to you. And when you think of that's pretty much all the cast we should go over, I guess there's not a whole lot more to talk about with them. When you think of the Matrix, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? If I if I just said Travis were playing the word association game. And I spit out to you the words, the Matrix. What's the first thing you come up with? Trinity. The first thing I think of when someone says Matrix, it's always one of two sayings. Mm-hmm. It's either, I know Kung Fu. Uh-huh. Because he's been sitting there for like 10 hours learning different martial arts and everything. Right. Um. And of course, I'm drawing a blank on the second one. I just had it in my I mind a second Trinity ago. I Trinity in her leather outfit. well that is something to remember for sure what's one of the uh, what is another one of the uh, sayings you might remember from the movie a quote Mr. Anderson that's the other one yes you go (laughs) weaving doing Mr. Anderson the one that I did at the beginning you are the one Neo when he finally starts believing in himself and you know when when, when they're trying to uh, get back into rescuing Morpheus Mm mm-hmm um, and the whole story starts unfolding for you where he's starting to believe he doesn't necessarily believe he's the one, but he believes he's there to get to rescue him and he can do it. And that's why he wants to go do it. You know what? I just thought of another quote that I actually use in my daily life. And I use that. I say this actually a lot. What? At work. I say it a lot. I say, you know what, man? I don't even see the code anymore. I just see there's a blonde, there's a brunette. <laughs> I really do that. I'd really do that at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ones and zeros. Do they get it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the younger ones don't, but the older ones do, especially the programmers. Dude, that's the problem I find myself in at work all the time. I'm surrounded by so many young ones. Anything I say that I, th- that I find remotely funny, I just get this look like, huh? It's crazy how many people have not seen these, what we would consider to be, you know, all-time great. Uh, cinematic productions that's like even at our age you know what i mean we weren't around we weren't around when uh uh the dog on i don't know gone with the wind we weren't around when that came out we weren't around when wizard of oz came out judy garland was a teenager you know what i'm saying like but we've seen all that we've watched all these greats we were watching them growing up they were coming on tv and you know what i mean like Peff people nowadays ain't even don't they don't even know what the great pumpkin is. They don't even know who well, tried. I, I watch the Wizard of Oz every year when it comes out. Man, once a, once you, a year man. I see Wizard of Oz. I've got the Wizard of Oz on whatever anniversary blue or Blu-ray. Then I've got the one that had uh, the sequel to it. I got like I got all that old stuff. Look, it's like every year when it comes on TV, I know it's time to watch it. I watch that movie every year when in the Christmas story comes on at Christmas every year. It plays for twenty four hours straight. Yeah, on TNT and TBS, I watch it at least once, maybe even twice during that time frame. That's what I'm talking. Just about. because there's some movies you just you can't help but watch when they whenever they're you know certain times and right, they're just two classics. You have to, you have to, you have to see. If for anybody who's never seen To Kill a Mockingbird, you have to go watch. You have to watch To Kill a Mockingbird. Absolutely, that's a great one. There, man, we can put a list of so many movies out. Man, that's what we need. We need to do one where we just do a list of movies. We need to do. Each one, 
we need to do like a uh, uh, we keep it small, do like a three or, or a five list. Five movies you must see from every decade. We can do that before you die. Your bucket, your bucket list, your bucket movie list, your movie. Kind of hard list. to limit it to five. That was the problem. Movie bucket list. I know that'd be a fun challenge I mean, for us, wouldn't it? I could put fifty out just from probably nineteen eighty five alone that you got to watch. Right. So that would be kind of tough to do. One of my favorite quotes from The Matrix is was Agent. See, that's another thing we haven't discussed on this too. That the the rhetoric and the story. They were talking about and what they the kind of stuff they deal with and talk about the human condition and stuff is really really crazy in this movie. Like it's deep. Not uh, one Neo said he don't like the idea that he's not in control of his life. How many right. of us truly are when you think about that? You know what I mean? Like right. this is like some some real stuff. But when Agent Smith said, "I believe that as a species, human beings define the reality through misery and suffering. The perfect world was dream was a dream that your primitive cerebrum cerebrum kept trying to wake up from. I believe that. I believe if everybody was like a hundred percent happy, somebody's going to do something to daggum. Have, some people just ain't happy without some drama. Like, you know what I mean? Like this ain't exciting. <laughs> right now. If you think of real people today, probably half your population believes that, um, like you were saying, no control over what go, what happens. Yeah. And the other half will tell you that I'm in control of my life. hundred percent. I control what happens in it. I know what I'm doing because this leads to this and this leads to that. Right. When in you know, all reality, if you think about it, I mean, you, it didn't matter if you did this or did that anyway, truth be known, it probably would have happened in that exact order. Which brings me to another great, great quote. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but there again, I'll, that's I'll how it is again. with people. Nobody cares how it works as long as it works. <laughs> Do what now? That's, that's, the, that's how it is with people. Nobody cares how it works as long as it works. <laughs> that's true. And today we want everything, we want everything fast. We want everything now, right now. So many great quotes in this movie. If you get to thinking about that kind of thing, you know. Well, the way, okay. So the way it describes things and what this movie is about is perfectly done because I've actually had conversations with people who are like, what if we actually were living in a matrix? We wouldn't know it. Because right. like you see in the movie, they're doing everyday life as we do everyday life here now. What if we really are just a part of a machine, you know, and we're in a dream state or something, or uh, we're in a program and we're living by the program they've made for us. And that's yeah. going to predict and, and, and control what we are going to do from this point forward, whether we like it or not. It's kind of like a, a program where like you've got the what ifs, I'm sorry, not not what not, not what ifs, but the um, um, what, 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 the the programming. How's it go? Like, uh, if then, like if this happens, then go mm-hmm. to this or something, yep, or yep. something along those lines. That makes me think I'm gonna have to change some sayings up in day to day life too. Like my number one, it's got We got to revamp. It's gonna have to be snitches get stitches. We're <laughs> gonna change that to snitches get glitches. <laughs> 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 Do you see that black cat? It just it just did the same thing. It's like deja vu. Yeah, it's like deja vu. Snitches. Deja vu is a glitch in the matrix. Yes. See, deja that's something vu. there's something else for you right there. You ever had that feeling that you've done this before, or you've seen this before, you've had this conversation with somebody before, yeah, and suddenly it just sinks into you and you're like you're like, I think I just had this feels like i just talked about this just last week with them right or or did you just dream it or or deja vu a glitch in your matrix or is it the fact that your brain went so far ahead in computing the response in such a complicated manner that you feel like it happened before that's one of the explanations for deja vu by the way Uh one of the scientific ones one of the more fun ones is, though, is that, nope, that's just a memory you have from your past life or your alternate you in an alternate reality. Right. What they, they don't realize that there is no spoon. It's only you. Only you. Anyway, to get here and get ready to close this thing up, we're right at 
55 minutes. It to, in in summary here of the movie, Travis, mm-hmm. what is your absolute favorite part of the movie? Oh man, that's so hard. My absolute fa- So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick. Oh, yeah. uh, hold on, before you say it, before you say it, it doesn't have to be an individual scene. It can be a sequence if you want it to be. Yeah. Um. Hmm, I'm gonna have to say it's it's the the unveiling of Bullet Time when he's on the roof and they start shooting and he does all the backwards bend, the back bend and everything and the you know, but that it's a toss up between that and one of the coolest 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 parts of the movie that a lot of people just don't even pay attention to and maybe it was cuz because back then i had taken some red and blue pills maybe purple and yellow too <laughs> but when he when he touched the mirror and when he pulled back it was on his finger the the sound that it made as it like so it was like mercury going down his throat he was screaming ah and it went yes it was like, oh my god weird. in the movie theater that sounded so crazy it was it was very crazy i think mine it's got to be the sequence you know from where he is finally coming to terms with not that he's the one but he knows he's there for a purpose and his purpose alone is to save morpheus because the um the oracle had told him all this would come to pass it would come to happen that he would give up his life for his because how important he believes well, she tried he to is. Him he wasn't the one no she 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 didn't really say you're not the one she said if i told you if i looked and i said hmm and okay and this and then you would look at me and you would say he goes i'm not the one yeah and she said sorry kid she goes you got potential or you got the gift but you know you're not the yeah. one he's not the one yeah. as long as he believes he's not That's the one say, it goes back to having to believe in yourself you just gotta believe right you just gotta believe <laughs> now think of the ryan reynolds movie with his mom uh that just friends Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Just friends. <laughs> yeah. His mom's like, "Be yourself, <laughs> right. be yourself." <laughs> uh, but anyway, from there, and they go back into the matrix to rescue him. They get loaded up with guns and all this stuff. They get the sequence going to the into the building, killing everybody at the bottom, uh, making their way to the top, having their fight with the people at the top, and him actually topping it all off with stopping to fight against agent Smith because he's starting to believe that he is something more than what he was. He's believing at this point, he's the one. Um, So, I mean, that whole sequence right there is really, was really the best thing for me. And I know it's quite a few minutes of a sequence, but still it it all kind of plays together in one. So that was good for me. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. We're, pushing right at 58 minutes now at this point so Heck yeah. as usual as a uh, usual folks, travis yeah find us mm-hmm. on uh retro life for you.com yeah so where can they find us i mean I you know did it. i did it you did Uh-oh. it you didn't mess up you didn't make didn't the list one. this time I, yeah since i got one you go ahead and take over i'll mess it up <laughs> <laughs> so Snapchat, as travis said everywhere you listen to your podcasts facebook youtube all that all the things you just made the list see there what which one did i do wrong dude you kind of jumbled them all together no one knew what you was talking about everybody knew what i was talking about i didn't know what you was talking about how can they know what you're talking about if i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) what are you talking about who exactly (laughs) no uh as travis had just mentioned a moment ago we got the website www.retrolife the number four the letter u.com you can listen to the show straight from the web browser everywhere you get your podcasts we're there itunes spotify google amazon iHeartRadio, radio the works <clears throat> you can find us there make sure you do uh, go ahead and give us a follow and a like and a rating and a review you can rate and review us on itunes you can give us a five-star rating on spotify i believe is how it goes and uh we would definitely appreciate that so, um, Heck yeah. Travis, you got anything in closing for us this week, or are we just going to go ahead and hit this outro and be on our way? 
I got I got two I got three things. I got three things. First off, uh uh I got some bad ones. So but well, first off, we'll say like this right here. First off, you know, if you watch The Matrix in reverse, it's about a guy who stops doing drugs and gets a job. Gets his life to get a real positive story. Yes, that's true. And then uh uh I don't know which one. Do you you know what you call somebody who's never seen the Matrix? This is what you can go back to work and call them young kids. What? A neo-Nazi. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>